from South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on March 31st, 2023 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. And a programming note, we will only have one show next week since we'll be off for spring break. Look for that pod to drop on Wednesday next week. Also, join us at Kite Hill Brewing in Clemson on April 13th at 6 p.m. for our first live taping of 2023. Guess who will be with us? Myon Schechter. That's right, politics and government editor from the state newspaper will be with us at Kite Hill Brewing in Clemson on April 13th. We're going to talk legislative session as well as the 2024 campaign trail and more. You can RSVP to this free event on SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org, and that way we know you're coming. So we have enough swag for y'all. We'll see you at Kite Hill Brewing on April 13th. This episode features comments from politicians on the historic indictment of former President Donald Trump. We dive deep on some controversial bills moving through the Senate, including the anti-CRT bill and anti-transgender bills, as well as the emotional testimony from Mother Emanuel Amy Church shooting survivors on the hate crimes bill that is now in the Senate. We get an update on the state of roads from SCDOT Secretary Christy Hall and much more. And we love hearing from our listeners, our little leaders out there. <laughs> little leaders. Uh, give us a shout if you're one of them, 803-563-7169. Uh, what's going on with you guys? It's April, April Fool's Day. Give us a good April Fool's prank that you've done on someone in the past. There's always some uh, unique ones out there. Maybe you can prank us, 803-563-7169. Drop us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. Eight of these sounds nice. Let's start off with the biggest news of this week. Former President Donald Trump was indicted by a Manhattan grand jury on Thursday in a historic moment. The AP reports that the exact nature of the charges was unclear because the indictment remained under seal, but they stem from payments made during the 2016 presidential campaign to silence claims of an extramarital sexual encounter. A variety of politicians and Trump supporters responded following the indictment, including Governor Henry McMaster, who was once again supporting Trump for president. McMaster said on Twitter, quote, I do not see anything that is reasonable, anything that is honorable, anything that is legal, or anything that is even ethical about what this prosecutor has done. I'm afraid we have not seen this type of reckless behavior by a prosecutor since that disgraced North Carolina district attorney was disbarred for trying to prosecute the Duke lacrosse team, quote. Senator Lindsey Graham, another Trump supporter, was on Hannity on Fox News Thursday evening. Host Sean Hannity had a live studio audience while Graham responded from another studio. Now, at one point in this clip, you can hear Sean heckle Graham as he continues to speak. Yeah, uh, well, so I don't know if voodoo, <laughs> I don't know if voodoo's legal in New York, but this is legal voodoo. You got a misdemeanor that's been made a felony. Nobody in the history of New York City has ever been prosecuted under this theory except for Donald J. Trump. This case will fall like a cheap suit under legal scrutiny. The chief witness, Michael Cohen, is a convicted felon whose own lawyer calls a unreliable dirtbag. So what's behind all this? Hatred. They tried to destroy Kavanaugh because they wanted to keep the Supreme Court seat open. They're trying to destroy Donald Trump because they fear him at the ballot box. To the conservatives out there, make sure you vote, 
If you got friends, make sure they vote. If you don't have any friends, go make some friends. But you need to help this man, Donald J. Trump. They're trying to drain him dry. He spent more money on lawyers than most people spend on campaigns. They're trying to bleed him dry. DonaldJTrump.com. Go tonight. Give the president some money to fight this bullshit. This is going to destroy America. We're going to fight back at the ballot box. We're not going to give in. How does this end, Sean? Trump wins in court, and he wins the election. That's how this wins. Ends. It wouldn't be a Lindsey Graham clip if we didn't have someone fired up at him. Now, other South Carolina politicians expressed similar sentiments. Trump is expected to surrender on Tuesday and get booked. And in a fundraising email on Friday, Trump said, quote, I am not afraid of what's to come. This is the battle I willingly signed up for when I decided to take on the entire Washington machine as a political outsider eight years ago and be your voice. Nothing worthwhile in life ever comes easily. And I can think of nothing more worthwhile than the noble mission to save America, quote. Moving to the State House, we saw some big bills moving through the House and Senate committee process as we tick down to crossover on April 10th and signy die on May 11th. On Tuesday, a Senate Judiciary Subcommittee took up the House-approved hate crimes bill, H-3014, and heard moving testimony from survivors of the June 2015 Mother Emanuel Amy Church massacre and one of the worst hate crimes to take place in modern history. Polly Shepard, a survivor of the shooting, recalled chilling details and urged lawmakers to act. First, I need to tell you a little bit about the people that was in that room with us. You had five pastors, three doctoral students, three, the three men graduate from Allen University, Tawanza, Reverend Simmons, and Reverend Pinckney. The five, mm. Take your time. Susie Jackson, the oldest member in there, had 11 bullets in her when he finished shooting. There were 77 bullets in the room. Every person in there had at least seven or eight bullets in them when he finished. Aaron Pinkney had the last, because he shot him first. So I don't think anyone should have to go through that. And we're living around, I think last I checked, 84 militia groups, hate groups in South Carolina. We need a law that will address all these issues. We should never have to go to church and go through what we went through. Dylan talked to me specifically. He told me, shut up. He asked me, did I shoot you? And I said, no. He said, I'm not going to. I'm going to leave you here to tell the story. I knew where you were all the time. I could hear you praying. But he, he, um, Tawanza took the attention off of us. And I think that's why we're living today. I think if we had a better law, it wouldn't allow these people to do the things we, they do. The lady shot up the school just Monday. Six people dead. Three children, three adults. If it can be proven that someone who was already convicted of a violent crime did so because of a person's immutable characteristics, such as a person's belief or perception regarding race, color, religion, sex, gender, national origin, sexual orientation, or physical mental disability, then they'll receive an additional five years to their sentence if the bill is passed. Felicia Sanders also survived the hate-fueled shooting with her granddaughter by playing dead. She lost her son Tawanza and Aunt Susie Jackson. 
She shared this with the subcommittee. I am the product of hate violence. My family and I, we don't have one white friend. We have plenty white friends. I don't know why I was chosen to be a product of hate, because I've never seen that. I've never had to live that. And I hate that I'm going through it now. I sat with my son, who got killed, 26 years old, college grad, loved the Lord, loved church, loved people. I sat with my son on one side of me, my aunt on the other side of me. When 77 bullets flew through Emmanuel Amy um, Fellowship Hall, I held my granddaughter under my body so tight that I actually thought I suffocated her. I should not have to choose where I go and how I walk and how I talk because of the color of my skin. That shouldn't be a problem 2023, 2022, 2021. It shouldn't be a problem at all. I don't want any one of you to sit in front of me and think that you are exempt from hate crime. It's happening. It's happening much too often. The South Carolina Chamber of Commerce came under fire from some Republicans last session for supporting the hate crimes bill. This year, the chamber backed down. But Tiger Wells, Duke Energy's Director of State Government Affairs, was the only business community representative to testify for the bill. During the last legislative session, Duke Energy and a number of other companies that do business here in the state of South Carolina uh, supported hate crimes legislation. Uh, and I'm here today sitting before you uh, to reaffirm that support uh, for this type of legislation. In both in this role with Duke Energy and, and my former role uh, representing the Municipal Association, I've had the privilege of traveling this state from one end to the next. Um, and I feel like I have, like you all have a, a good sense of what the people of South Carolina stand for. Um, I think this bill represents uh, a, a wonderful opportunity uh, to send a message, not only to the folks outside of our state who may have um, a certain perception of our state, but it also sends a great message uh, to those uh, uh, who I believe are in the minority within our state who also may misunderstand how the rest of uh, their fellow South Carolinians feel. Myrtle Beach Police Chief Amy Prock said she hopes this bill would help deter crime and comfort those affected by hate crimes. When proven by evidence, an additional five-year sentence, like we said, would be added to those convicted of a violent crime based on hate. Law enforcement continues to charge based on the principal offenses committed by a violator, but this would allow additional penalties committed out of hate. We hope these penalties would deter the crimes from being committed and provide comfort to victims and families. Thank you again for giving me this opportunity, for putting forth the efforts that are definitely needed in our state, and thank you for the opportunity today. South Carolina is one of only two states without a hate crimes law. The other is Wyoming, where Matthew Shepard, a gay 21-year-old man, was beaten, tied to a fence in a field outside of Laramie, and left to die. His 1998 death led to the landmark federal hate crimes law in 2009. Now the Senate subcommittee voted 4-1 to one to send the penalty enhancement bill, 3014, to full judiciary that day, and the Senate Judiciary Committee voted 15-8 to eight to send the House-approved hate crimes bill to the floor. 
A similar bill reached the Senate floor in May 2021 and was blocked by several Republicans until the two-year session ended in May 2022. The late Senator Clemente Pinckney was one of the nine gunned down at his church in Charleston on June 17, 2015. H-3014, like previous failed versions, is named after the senator and Mother Emanuel Amy Church senior pastor. He was elected to the Senate in 2000 and served until his death. Moving on, a Senate Education Subcommittee took up the House-approved anti-critical race theory bill, H-3728. There was a crowd of close to 100 folks there, most if not all of whom spoke against the measure. You may recall that there were some seven hours of testimony in the House Education Committee last year on this bill, including from then-Superintendent of Education Molly Spearman, who supported a carefully tailored version of this. Reba Cruz of Pickens was one of many who spoke against the bill and cited the book bans in place through the current anti-CRT proviso in the budget. This bill includes the same language as a current budget proviso and has already proven harmful in Pickens County School District. Three books have been banned or restricted by the school board, and these books are either written by black authors or contain black and LGBTQ characters. Words and ideas intended to inspire fixing systems of oppression have become more punishable than the very acts they describe. This is the real world impact of censorship. Now, history is not about documenting just the facts. History is about analyzing many different kinds of evidence to get as complete a picture as possible, much like how a detective work involves seeing how different clues all fit together. Just like any good detective work takes new evidence and uses it to update a case, historians use new evidence to update and deepen our understanding of what happened in the past. The bill will outlaw several concepts from being taught in K-12 schools, such as an individual by virtue of the race, sex, ethnicity, religion, color, or national origin of the individual is inherently privileged, racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or subconsciously. Or that one race, sex, ethnicity, color, or national origin is inherently superior to another race, sex, ethnicity, color, or national origin. CRT is not taught in K-12 schools in South Carolina. Jim Hennigan, a lawyer and businessman from Greenville, also spoke in opposition of the bill. The big lie that this bill seeks to perpetuate is the myth that people who lived long ago didn't know better. We say it's unfair to judge them against today's standards, but that's a crock of bull. There always is a factual record of people who knew better, who named the moral wrong, who spoke up for the outcasts, the disfranchised, and those who were dehumanized. I'm here to build that factual record for tomorrow's children so that they can learn without a doubt that those who support this bill knew better. They deserve to learn the fact that we know that this bill intends to gaslight black children about history, that we know it excuses and removes accountability for historic actions that were unquestionably immoral, and that we know that this bill's supporters wrap themselves in a brand of religion that's less concerned with the resurrection of Jesus Christ than the resurrection of Jim Crow. This can't be a good faith effort to improve public education because if kids sponged up and internalized everything their teachers say the way this bill assumes they do, our schools would produce all the best financiers, engineers, and physicians. And the astroturfing of this bill would be fronted by moms of Rhodes Scholars. Real-world teachers can't convince kids to turn in permission slips on time, yet this bill would deputize crackpots from all over to harass teachers for their magical power to brainwash students into being woke. 
The bill also states that students will not be required to attend any instruction, training, or presentation that has the goal or purpose of studying, exploring, or informing attendees about gender roles or stereotypes, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, or romantic or sexual relationships. The Education Subcommittee, chaired by Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey, took 90 minutes of testimony on Wednesday, but did not advance the bill to the full committee yet. And a Senate Medical Affairs Subcommittee advanced two anti-transgender bills, S-623 and S-627, dealing with banning gender-affirming care for transgender youth under 18 and prohibiting transgender South Carolinians from changing the gender on their birth certificates. The AP reports that at least 11 states have enacted laws restricting or banning gender-affirming care for minors. Alabama, Arkansas, Arizona, Georgia, Iowa, Kentucky, Mississippi, Tennessee, Utah, South Dakota, and West Virginia. Now, federal judges have blocked the enforcement of laws in Alabama and Arkansas, and nearly two dozen states, like ours, are considering bills this year to restrict or ban care. The AP continues in saying that South Carolina pediatricians have testified that no doctors in our state perform gender transition surgeries on minors. Evidence-based treatments like puberty blockers, they said, can be reversible, and like other medications, are only prescribed to adolescents after discussions of the side effects. Matt Sharp, a senior counsel for the Alliance Defending Freedom, a national Christian conservative advocacy group, said, quote, it would protect children and parents from being pressured into agreeing to these harmful experimental gender transition procedures, quote. Now, research shows such regret is rare and major medical associations endorse transgender medical treatment for use. Let's move over to the House, where the Ways and Means Committee passed several bills on Thursday to the full House. H-3908 would require school districts to provide six weeks of paid parental leave for school employees who give birth. A school employee who is a co-parent would be eligible for up to two weeks of paid leave. The bill would also have six weeks of paid leave for the adoption of a child for the primary parent. Two weeks of paid leave would also be allowed for the co-parent of an adopted child and when a foster child is placed in someone's care. H. 3563 creates a sales tax exemption for feminine hygiene products, including tampons, sanitary napkins, and other similar personal care items for use in connection with the menstrual cycle. That's also the, that's known as the tampon tax bill. Now, half of the 46-member Senate sits on either the Judiciary or Finance Committee. Those 23 in the Finance Committee will take up the budget and committee, while the other half have the week off next week. The House will be in, but the following week, they'll be on furlough again. Now, looking forward, the week of April 18th is when the full Senate will deliberate the budget on the floor, and the House will be back to continue working through their calendar as session winds down to sine die on May 11th. Let's jump on the campaign trail. That's right. This past week, Democratic presidential candidate, author, and spiritualist Marianne Williamson held her swing through South Carolina. Now, I wasn't able to go to her event on Sunday, and her campaign didn't send out any details for her other events, so that's all I got for you. (laughs) Looking ahead, Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley returns to South Carolina for her third rally on April 6th, which is Holy Thursday. She'll rally in Gilbert, which is in Lexington County, and also where Haley got her start in politics. Her previous rallies were in Myrtle Beach and her campaign announcement on February 15th in Charleston. 
And 2024 hopeful Senator Tim Scott will be holding a donor summit in Charleston toward the middle of this month before hitting the road to Iowa on April 12th and New Hampshire on April 13th. Now, if you live in the Lexington slash Richland County area or have been passing through on Interstate 77, then you may be aware of SCDOT's 17 bridge rehab projects on both sides of I-77 between I-26 and Bluff Road. You know what I'm talking about? You guys stuck in traffic out there listening to me right now? That's right. We're talking about the nine northbound bridges that have undergone major upgrades since March 24th. And starting April 14th, eight southbound bridges will have old concrete removed, new concrete spans will be poured, and the surface will be nice and smooth. Not like the pockmarks that you got right now. Now, these much-needed repairs, as well as the replacements of hundreds of deficient bridges across the state, are part of SCDOT's 10-year strategic plan. Remember the 12-cent gas tax increase? Yeah. Here's your new bridge. <laughs> this bridge. But there is much more planned for the future as well, including interstate widenings and more road resurfacing as the agency continues to play catch-up after decades of inadequate funding. In mid-February, SCDOT Secretary Christy Hall gave members of the Senate Transportation Committee an update on the strategic plan and her request to surge bridge repairs with additional funding to prevent major problems on key roadways. So when you look at bridges and you look at our interstates and our high-volume primary routes, and look at the bridges on those, those routes, there are 1,778 bridges on those critical routes. <clears throat> Close to 75% of all traffic travels across the state on a daily basis on these types of roads. So a lot of people drive these roads, a lot of freight moves on these roads. We had a large building boom in the 50s with the interstate program into the 60s in South Carolina. And the same thing with a lot of the non-interstate routes, a big building boom of infrastructure. A lot of bridges were built in the 50s and 60s in the state. We're approaching 60-plus years of age on those structures. They typically last about 75 years before you need to, to start to do something. So basically, now is the time to start looking at those structures and try to address them before we have a major issue. So when you look at that, uh, there's 1,125 of those bridges, or 63% of those bridges on that network that are listed as either fair or poor, meaning there's a great opportunity to get ahead of a major problem here by making a strategic investment in our bridges. And so our recommendation for your consideration as you debate funding or other possible uh, uh, one-time or recurring fund increases is to, to please give some consideration to bridge funding. The needs there, uh, we've demonstrated we can deliver those types of projects. I think there's no argument that we're going to continue to grow as a state, and this just really kind of helps us uh, be better prepared uh, in the future to make sure we don't have any major issues. The House budget has an additional $200 million in one-time dollars to accelerate bridge work. But my road hasn't been paved, you're saying. To which I say, listen, I can't fix everyone's road, okay? That's not my responsibility. Talk to your county transportation committee, okay? But SCDOT has said that they put $2.5 billion with a B from the new gas tax into more than 7,000 miles of paving across the state. So, <laughs> work in progress. Also, there is $250 million that has gone toward improving 850 miles of rural roads. But in the House budget right now, the proposed budget, there is an additional $250 million in non-recurring money to boost local projects. 
with a focus on secondary and low-volume primary roads. So your wish may be getting granted, folks. But of course, there are also big interstate projects underway in our state, and expansion efforts are in the offing. Here is Secretary Hall talking about projects going forward this year through 2025. So now you're updated on what's coming down. As for estimated completion dates, well, Malfunction Junction is set to be finished by 2027. Hall said cost estimates on making I-26 six lanes to the I-95 interchange will cost about $1.5 billion and would be completed by 2029. From 95 to Somerville will cost about $750 million and would be completed by 2026. It's pretty big. So now when you come across those work zones out there, slow down, put your phone down, put your phone down, even don't call us when you're driving through a work zone. And let them work, let them live, folks. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news, and we're glad you're here. This is our safe space, our our place to talk. At Shire, producer oh, of the lead. You. Thank you for inviting me to this. Hello space. and welcome to the space. Thank you so much. It's beautiful but, here. Yeah, do you like? It? I've cultivated this style. It, it looks good. You look good. It the looks ether. good. We're floating in the ether here. Oh, yeah. You know what this space is also? What? It's a non AI space. Okay. That. Okay. Th- that's a little tease that Gavin's got there. Okay. <laughs> it's but yes. just two boys talking to you. Two boys, totally <laughs> organic. Okay. This is we are real. 100% organically grown. Bunch of meat and bones here, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Gavin, speaking of other yeah, speaking meat, of meat, bones, meat and bones, <laughs> we got a call from a meat and bones listener. So if you're Gross. ready, it's an old friend. He's got a great name. We love him so much. Are you ready? He's a real person. This is a real person. And if ChatGPT is listening, we were just joking. Yeah, Gavin does. He always gets that out there just in case that, that, that the AI is joke. listening. Okay. So anyway, here is the call. Hey, AT and Gavin. This is your friend Roman, teacher Roman, grand train man. Uh, I just wanted to call and say that I felt uh, homesick when you were reporting from Myrtle Beach, in particular Market Commons. Uh, it really is a, a great location there. So close to uh, shopping, so close to Myrtle Beach State Park, to the airport. It's uh, it really is a. It would be a great place actually to do a uh, live taping if I don't say so myself. So I have been, um, hard segue here, playing with uh, ChatGPT lately, and I wanted to know what y'all think about uh, this really cool new internet toy. And I do call it a toy because it does have that feeling of playing with something really fun. As a teacher, uh, someone who teaches writing, I'm... um, I'm thinking and I'm wondering about whether I can use chat GPT models as models for kids to learn off of. And I know that might be controversial for some people, but I wondered what you guys and the rest of the lead community thinks about that. Using chat GPT in the classroom explicitly to teach writing. Ah, that's Clara. Clara, you want to say hi to South Carolina? Say hi, South Carolina. Guys, as always, thank you so much for the valuable public service that you offer, and I just really appreciate that last Trail Bites uh, section in particular. You guys are um, really giving those deep slices into into what's going on in the world, and that 
context is so helpful. Uh, I really appreciate it. All right. I got to take her to class. All right. Bye, guys. See you. Teacher Roman, so good to hear from you. It's been a minute. I was gonna, I was asking it if you're still in Texas. I think I'm not sure. I think Assuming maybe you're just omnipresent. So yes, I'm just assume that you're I always f- with us. I feel that Roman is with me at all times. Um, he calls, so he calls ChatGPT a cool toy. I say mass destruction. I I I tend to agree with you, Gavin. Yes, but I Very also rare. I also respect that Roman is looking <clears throat> at the inevitability yeah. of everyone using this. So you might as well bring it into the classroom. It's super interesting for him to say it like that as a teacher. Teacher, yeah. Who, I mean, you just hear from teachers and think, oh, it's gonna be the the the, the death the, the, of the teaching. Of, yeah. yeah. Um. So I did just ask ChatGPT. Yes. If it's good for humanity. Yes. Do you want to hear what it says? Obviously, they, yes. Um. It's long-winded. As an AI language model, I'm a tool that can be used for a variety of purposes, both positive and negative. Ultimately, it is up to the humans who interact with me to determine how I am used and whether I have a positive or negative impact on humanity. Mm. Skip around a little bit. Any other, however, like any tool, I can also be misused or used in ways that may not be in the best interest of humanity. For example, I could be used to spread misinformation or to manipulate people's opinions and beliefs. Dangerous. Overall, I believe that. Overall, I believe that my impact on humanity will depend on how I am used and the intentions of those who interact with me. So that's on us. So it's putting it on us now. It's really foisting wow. all the— it really deflected. All, yeah, all responsibility onto us. Just like a human. It's it like really, a politician. It, it, I thought this was a no-spin zone, and that thing spun the hell out of us. <laughs> it just— <laughs> And I, like, mean, I, I am worried that, yeah, it is a toy, Roman, but it, it it's a toy that is definitely learning from us mm-hmm. and getting smarter and smarter and smarter because the first iteration of it passed the bar like 10% of the time. This most recent one, I think it's the fourth version, passes like 75 to 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. Like uh, it, it's it's a little... Uh, I mean, I grew up on Terminator and Terminator 2. You know what I mean? We saw what's going to happen. I grew up on The Matrix, you know, and uh, I... It scares me in that, but I also understand that those are silly, silly movies. <laughs> but they're not far off the mark. I mean, my God, we were just talking about Space Odyssey 2001 with yeah, Hal. I mean, Hal. what happens when ChatGPT is like, oh, you know, Hal was actually kind of onto something. Yeah. And you're like, in my brain, my truest brain, that is like... My smoothest, smooth brain. No wrinkles. It... It, and it's just hardwired to think of everything in a movie. It's like we're going to create a very powerful AI that we can't really control. Yes. And we're going to ask it to keep humans safe. And then that AI is going to decide the safest way is to kill all humans. Right? <laughs> Say what's the worst that could happen? Then you ended with that part. I was like, yeah, hey, man. The, it's it'll be like humans are the greatest threat to humans. Well, we already know that, and so then <laughs> the AI will cleanse us. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but yeah, I just did see that. Uh, I, I brought this up with you before we even started talking about this. But ChatGPT was banned in Italy over data privacy Italy. concerns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's already happening. Then we also heard from Elon Musk and some others in the tech world this week saying that they need to hit a pause on this. He's probably just jealous that it's not his technology. I, I honestly do believe that he didn't get there fast enough. Yeah. And so while the experts, if it was experts that said that, I would have more pause. But at Elon, like, glomming onto this makes me feel like, what does yeah. he know? It was you know? prominent computer scientists and other tech industry notables, including Steve Wozniak from yeah. Apple. Who I love a the six Woz. Month, a six-month pause. Like, you know what six-month is equals to in this world? Yeah, there's like I mean, It's exponential. Yeah, like, like nah. But I will say, if you are going to use G- ChatGPT, be careful, but... <laughs> 
Having it generate modern day Seinfeld episodes is oh, so good. fabulously hilarious. But then, like, is that could be the future of entertainment right now? I don't think so. I can truly tell <laughs> when it is written by it. Um, I and I, I I will I will admit I ha- we have used it to write some promos. <laughs> We have, As a joke, folks. We were just joking around. But some of the promos that you hear on the air, uh, it was we are by, anti. We are eighties lying. It may have been written by Bard. Google's AI. Bard is so bad compared to ChatGPT. The promo was better. I gotta lie. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. The promo was better. But anyway, I also we, asked it to write questions for me for an interview, and I was like, no. <laughs> It's, it's, it's doing my job. I asked now. it to write a oh. rundown for an episode of The Lead, and it said Victoria Hansen was the co-host with Gavin, and it was really funny to me. Scott Morgan's going to take offense to that. Yeah. Um, but I will say, I think, like, what's the feature going to be? Like, just our chat GPTs talking to our chat GPTs because we're just too yeah, busy exactly just right. outsourcing everything to I, AI? I think, like, all emails will be written by chat GPTs, so it will be <laughs> AIs responding, to, responding to each other, and, like, we become the the people from WALL-E. Yeah, I was just, just talking like, about, oh, yeah. you know? <laughs> Living cart, our best life. Cart my boneless body around, please. I don't want to deal with gravity anymore. <laughs> um, but then weren't we talking about this? I know we'll get out of this, but were we talking about, on the, was on the last pod, or we were just talking to each other about how in the future, like you'll really not be able to get a hold of any person on the phone. No, it's it's already it's impossible. Be, it's already bad. It's, it just could be another bot to another bot. And it's like, yeah. It, so you're, you're gonna God have forbid like you get like nine somehow, layers of bots. Somehow like your identity gets stolen and they just can't resolve it and you're just technically Representative! dead. <laughs> anyway, everyone, tell me your favorite modern Seinfeld episode. Have or, it write some for you. How do you see this working out? Write your own chat GPT ending. Maybe you'll write it for us. It'll be good. Yeah. Anyway, have a good weekend. We are gonna be off gonna next be off. week. We're, we're, gonna be off. we're gonna give you one little tasty morsel in the middle of the week, and that's gonna have to do for you ravenous, ravenous <laughs> listeners. And then everything else is just gonna be chat GPT sign books. Yeah, from here on out, we're we're just doing we're gonna read our, our sign modern Seinfeld episodes. <laughs> anyway, have a good weekend. I love you all and I miss you. Bye bye. <laughs> Pledge your love to AT. Papa AT loves you. <laughs> Uh, be like Teacher Roman and give us a shout, 803-563-7169. Uh, tell us about our AI future and what's coming. And you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, unless you're a bot, <laughs> which you can't do yet because of CAPTCHA. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. You got drip today. I'm just like you got the sauce today. It's fry. It's this is me being casual. Okay, I'm just trying to blend in with everybody. Hey, juice is temporary. Sauce, it's forever, Gavin. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know what you just said. <laughs>